Shed his blood, it's returning very soon, so you better be believing. God is an awesome God. I got Check one, check one. Hello, hello, hello. Yes, ma'am. This was first Sunday here doing two sermons in a row. Yeah, yeah. How's that feel? Uh, it, yeah, it was good. Yeah. Um, I think inevitably you think, you know, you know, it's like kids. Do you have a favorite? Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you have a favorite of which one? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm talking about kids. Uh, no. <laughs> is this is this being recorded? Um, yeah, no. I, I, the, the first, they were both different. Um, the first one felt. Like, um, uh, just, you know, new, fresh, um, more impactful for me. But then the second one, the, there was a, a greater response in worship at the end. So it's like, God's going to, he's doing what he's going to do. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That's really yeah. cool. Well, you uh, began the message with letting us in that you've been asking this question lately. <laughs> if God is sovereign, why pray? What a great question. If, if God's ruling and reigning over all of the universe, and he's making all the decisions, he's calling the shots, he's in charge. Why should we even have to ask him for anything? And you gave us this glimpse into how we can actually understand his will and pray according to the things he wants. Uh, can you tell us just a little bit more about how you do that? What do you do specifically to understand God's will when you pray? Yeah, yeah, well, first of all, I think I was looking um, just in, in preparation for the message, different people, who, who maybe had, had some answers, you know, that, and uh, they were they were pat answers, like, because Jesus said to, you know, because Jesus told us to pray, and, and uh, you know, they were just real, I'm like, that doesn't, doesn't go far enough for me, let alone, uh, you know, a skeptic or a, uh, even even a, just an inquisitive believer, like, it just doesn't go far enough, so I wanted, I really wanted to dig in a little bit more, um, but so, so some of the things I do, man, it's just really, um, uh, praying that, that God would would speak, um, uh, you know, I pray through the Lord's Prayer, kind of like what I did yeah. uh, in the second service, maybe. <laughs> but kind of what I did was, you know, just use that as a skeleton and 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 uh, you begin with worship. You know, it just really uh, begins with God, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. So just begin with worship and then go to God. How can I be with my hands, my feet, my my mouth, uh, be an ambassador for your kingdom, so that your kingdom can come, your rule can be done in my life. And then get to some needs and um, you know forgiveness and and uh, uh, and then at the end notice that there's a there is a spiritual battle and God you know lead me not into temptation but you know guard me protect me from the evil one so yeah that's it, really good uh, you mentioned in your message that and just now that we're in a spiritual battle yeah um, and that's not something that we talk about a whole lot right um, let's talk about that just a little bit okay. how we are in a spiritual battle yeah. well, when you say that what are you what are you saying what are the underlying things underneath that phrase there's a spiritual battle that we're yeah so um, there are you know just as I believe that there's God and there's his angels um, there is also uh, Satan and there's the the fallen angels or, or the demonic presence that that really um, he is not for us he's against us God is for us who can be against us well somebody who's against us is uh, is Satan and is the enemy and he has uh, he wants to thwart God's plan in our lives at, at every attack so he does want to lead us into temptation um, and uh, so there is that, that spiritual battle I think in Ephesians um, 
Paul says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Um, he's talking about this spiritual realm, the spiritual battle that's going on. And then he tells us to arm ourselves, you know, in, the, in that passage, put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Wiles, I like that word, the wiles. Yeah. The wily coyote, we don't use that enough. We really yeah, don't. but he's setting a trap for us. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. You got the X underneath the, yeah. Yeah, wow. You made mention in your message of the Israelites as Moses goes up onto Mount Sinai and how they built this golden calf because they want some sort of thing to worship that they can see and touch. And so they build this golden calf and um, they make that their God instead of the God who'd rescued them. And don't we kind of do the same thing when we don't rely on God in prayer? Not necessarily with a golden calf, but is that kind of us making a God of ourselves? You know, I think we, many of us fashion God in our, in our own image or in a image um, because it, it has to fit into our, our understanding rather than saying, God, you're, you're really limitless, but you say that I can know, I can know your will and you say that I can, you know, I can have a knowledge of God and then even then you can do above what I can ask or think, um, but, but he is, he is knowable and, and when we, when we reduce him to what we can wrap him, our minds around, then we've created a new God that isn't him. Um, you mentioned that when we pray, it's actually really our, the, the main purpose or one of the main benefits that we get from that is that we get to know God yeah. when we pray. Uh, tell us a little bit about how that's played out in your life. Sure, I think um, even like that Shane Claiborne tweet um, that I, um, did I do that in a second? I don't even know. Did I? Yeah. Okay, I did. Yeah. Okay, um, that Shane Claiborne tweet really you know, talks about as we pray for our enemies, uh, the Lord tells us to, to love our enemies, pray for our enemies. Um, and, uh, you know, as we do that, it really it helps us to not become embittered is how, how Shane put it. And, and I think when we, uh, when we do pray for those things, we are, we should, and we can invite the uh, God to change our hearts. Um, you know, Moses uh, reminding God and, and uh, doing those things. It was God, it was Moses getting a heart for the people that it would then prepare him to, to lead them for that, that 40 years. Cause they were, they were going to continue to be stiff necked. They were continue to be stubborn. They didn't just turn around and say, you know, they, they uh, renewed their covenant with God, but continued to be knuckleheads, as I do, and as probably you, I don't, maybe Megan, maybe not you. But, uh, you know, we continue to be knuckleheads. Uh, um, God yeah. still is there, and, and, and we can know more about it as we enter into prayer. That's so good. You asked this question, um, what if Moses hadn't prayed? And um, linked it to how... It, we, when we pray, we're actually taking part in God's plan. Yeah. He's using us to be a part of what he's doing. It's not about the what ifs, it's about the get to's. Like we get to be a part of what God is doing. And you mentioned how your own, this own story that you had, how our prayers matter in how God led you to help find that girl who was missing, who'd run away, um, which is an incredible story. And I know because I've I've gotten to know you and Jen just a little bit that you guys have to have more stories like that oh, yeah. because that's how you are as people. You just believe that God answers your prayers. So go on, give us another story <laughs> like that. Um, sure. I mean, there was a there was a time where um, uh, my washer broke. And we didn't have didn't have a washer, and uh, 
So one of the things that, that we'd been, our kids were much smaller at the time and we didn't have all of them. So it was um, just a couple kids and they were young and, uh, and we didn't have the change to even go to the laundromat. Um, but my daughter had a piggy bank. <laughs> So, so I'm, here's a dad going to a daughter and asking for her quarters so we can go do laundry, you know, and um, feeling like I am just, you know, lower than dirt, you know. And uh, uh, so in getting that change and getting it together, um, it, was, it was after all the anxiety and all the wrestling that, uh, you know, I, just, I can't, it was probably Jen saying to me, but I, I, I like to say it was probably me first. It, it was me, I said, we should pray. <laughs> and uh, so, so one, whoever's more spiritual, probably Jen, um, we, should, we should pray. And so we did. We prayed. I'm not kidding. God interrupted my prayer with a phone call. And somebody had a washer and dryer in a house they were flipping. And they said, you know, do you know anybody that needs it? And uh, wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah, that day we got a washer and dryer. And, uh, and I was able to take all that change. Her change plus all the change that, that we had collected that we needed to go do laundry. And I was able to say, Lord, when you give, God gives back. Press down, shaking together, running over. And I had her hold her hands out and I just overflowed her hands with those quarters. And uh, yeah, just saw God's heart that day for his That's kids. so cool. Thank you, Joe. Thanks for sharing that. That's amazing. Why do you think we're so astonished when God does stuff yeah. like that? We're, we're blown yeah. away by it, but we shouldn't be, should we? No, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's what he wants to, to do time and time again. If we will invite him in and so many, yeah. It's just who he is. That's so good. Here's what I got from your message today. Um, uh, amongst other things, I took so many notes, but this was the main thing that stood out to me, that prayer is all about God's presence, and it's all about God's promises. And so thank you for that. And I, and I do have two questions for you uh, that are relative to the message, but not necessarily regarding the content of the message. And uh, one of them is this, is what's the promise of God that you rely on the most? Oh, gosh. I think it probably comes out a lot um, that, uh, that I have... Um, that I can approach him with a, a, a freedom and a confidence, a boldness. Like that's one of my just favorite um, things about, <laughs> I guess, the finished work of Jesus on the cross is that now I'm a child of God and I can approach him with that, um, that, that, you know, just like you, my kids run into and jump in my lap. Like there's, there's that approachability with God. The scripture calls him Abba Father. You know, it's that real endearing term for dad and um, that he is, yeah, he, that's probably the promise that, that I, I, re, I don't know, go to or rely on the, the most is that, yeah, I can go to my, my dad. Yeah, Moses, Moses got to see God's backside, but we actually get to see his face <laughs> in his son Jesus. How cool is that? It's so cool. Other question that I have is what promise of God do you have to be reminded of the most? Oh, man, good question. Um, man, you know, that he's able to, to do mm. more. So, I think sometimes, yeah. I think we all, well, I'll just say me, because I know it's me. I, I, I think that there is a limit, you know, by my actions and by my, my belief, not by my knowing. Like, I, I, I think I would say, 
that, you know, the scripture says you can do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think or imagine or hope or, you know, uh, all of that. But in reality, I think a lot of times I, I want to limit what God can do. And um, so that's probably the one I need to be reminded of the most. Like he's, there is no limit to what he's able to do in any situation. Me, me too. I bet a lot of people would resonate with